This episode of JJ Meets World is brought to you by Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty. Natalie has a proven track record to get your home sold faster and for more money. She is consistently focused on her clients' needs and wants throughout the entire process and make sure that they are well taken care of. If you're looking to buy or sell, reach out to Natalie today. On average, Natalie sells a home every 3.74 days. That's at least two a week. And last year, Natalie earned her clients on average over $4,000 above list price on their homes. And you don't have to take our word for it. Here's some of the great reviews Natalie has received. I was overwhelmingly impressed with Natalie and all the Hatch team. She was very responsive and responded to all of the emails within an hour. She gave great advice and encouragement from the listing and pictures, the offer and all the closing details, the marketing team knew exactly how to promote my property and I was pleased by how soon and easily my property received an offer. I was actually dreading selling my condo and Natalie did such an awesome job that I felt like I really didn't need to do anything. The thing I most appreciated was that she really listened to what I wanted to do and respected my decisions. I would definitely recommend Natalie and all the Hatch Realty team. They made this process so wonderful. That was from Diane. So listen, if you're in the mood to buy or sell a home, give Natalie a call right now. You can reach her at 701-388-9338, Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, at hatchrealityfm.com, or you can go to livefargomorehead.com, that's livefargomorehead.com, and find out some information. Huge thanks to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty for sponsoring JJ Meets World. Hello, podcast listener. You've downloaded a great episode of JJ Meets World featuring Alexandra Martin. She is an editor, a writer, and a fashionista. She's not a maxinista. She's a fashionista. We talk about fashion faux pas. We talk about fashion in movies and television. Anything you can imagine that has to do with fashion. Plus, Tucker and I talk about some mistaken identity involving me in Arkansas robbing an elementary school. Enjoy this episode of JJ Meets World. One, two, three, four. JJ Gordon, sort of like that Indiana Jones in that he's always sniffing out his next adventure. Yes, he is. He's always interviewing guests so he can have them on his show and they can talk about pop culture, arts, and leisure. JJ has his flag unfurled and he likes his french fries curled and he's fun and then he twirls as he goes to meet the world. He will march into the rain even if his ankle sprain. Take a peek inside his brain. This podcast is called JJ Meets World. You ever Google yourself? Oh, yeah. You ever type it now? You ever type in your name and then something comes up that you don't expect? So what do you mean? So I typed in my name. Mm-hmm. I hit Google search and like it's mostly stuff that I'm tagged in from the local paper, uh, my job, a couple of my blogs that went viral. But on like the fourth or fifth page, there was a story from an elementary school in Arkansas. And in Arkansas, they talk about how comedian jj gordon came in and like talked to the kids and it was this great thing but then was accused of stealing (laughs) from this school okay and so what's messed up about it is it had my picture attached to it oh my god and so i had to email this 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 newspaper that was reporting on it 
and say, hey, I've never even been to Arkansas, and I want to know why you're using my image. And it was my picture off of my Facebook profile page. Okay. So obviously, they needed a picture, so they just decided that they were going to go on to Facebook. Is it the photo that my mom took of you during your mayoral it campaign? Is, it is. It's that one. Where I'm wearing, uh, I, I'm wearing a green suit coat, and I'm, I'm smiling. I got long Standing hair. Standing in front of the spiral staircase. Yeah, I'm about 45 pounds ago. So it... And that's the thing, right? So you look at the story and you're looking and you're like, what a villain. What an awful human being who did this thing. And the article was almost a year and a half old at this point. Oh, wow. So the first the first response I get was, well, how do we know that you're not that J.J. Gordon? Right. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so, news, news company is supposed to check your source. Right, exactly. So... I wrote them again and I said, I will, the next correspondence you'll get from me will be from my attorney. And, uh, you know, you're, you're liable for this because essentially you're telling the story that this is the man who did this. And I said, you know, you're crediting this person as his name is being JJ Gordon. My name is technically not JJ Gordon. Those are my initials, but I've always gone by JJ. Mm-hmm. It's the name. If you yelled my real name on the street and said like, oh, he just won a million dollars. I'd be like, good for that guy. Right. I wouldn't assume it's me. I've got one aunt who calls me by my first name, my real first name. Jessica. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Jones Gordon. <laughs> um, but that's it. Mistaken identity is something that is so well did this resolve itself i mean what who did you find out who this other jj was no no i didn't care i didn't i don't really care to know the criminal version of jj gordon okay uh all i cared is that they got my picture off of this and so they did okay and so so this was just some other person named jj gordon yep who is a comedian who went to some school and stole something yep yep in arkansas and they were like it was a developing story when they first we're writing about it. I couldn't find any follow-up articles. Interesting. So I have to assume that maybe even that was like, oh, he did, turns out he didn't steal the gym equipment. It was actually <laughs> his and he was just taking it back <laughs> or whatever it happened to be. But they eventually took down the article itself and then they had to do some scrubbing because the picture, the image was still in Google images that linked back to this site, even though it said the page can no longer be reached. Right. So, I feel bad for the people out there whose names are John Smith and John Smith has trouble every time he tries to get on a plane because some other John Smith ruined it for everybody right. by, uh, you know, by liking some communist manifesto and now is on a do not fly list. My name, my name situation got me in a little bit of trouble, not trouble, but uh, difficulty a couple weeks ago, my mom was trying to get a package sent here and because of all the snow we had at that time, it couldn't make it up to the front and the post office was holding it and I had to go pick it up and the package had been made out to Tucker Lucas, but my legal first name is William Tucker's a nickname. And so they wouldn't give me the package because I had no ID that said Tucker on it, uh, even though I had one that matched the address and every other thing. And I finally dig through my wallet and I pull out my triple A card. And my triple A card has my full name and my nickname on at the end of it. And I showed her that and she went, oh, okay. Like it was just no big deal. It took like 10 minutes to do. Well, if the triple A organization, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for the US. Absolutely. They, they really helped me out of another jam, basically. <laughs> Thanks, triple A. Yeah. So 
what I'm telling you folks is go and do some light Googling today and just find out if, you know, if there's someone out there stealing from, from elementary schools <laughs> and they're using your picture. And also, if you're going to be a journalist, don't be a shoddy journalist. Take the second to just confirm that just because someone has a profile picture on Facebook with that name, it's the right one. Especially because there are so many articles out there about you from like publications here in Fargo. Yeah. I mean, you can easily find articles about you with your photo and your name describing in detail how you're not someone in Arkansas stealing. So, but I think that's part of the problem because you take, for example, the fact our guest today is Alexandra Martin and she is the editor of Fargo monthly here. Uh One of spotlight media's many great publications that are in the FM area. And I'm on the cover of their comedy issue. Okay. So if you Google JJ Gordon comedian, oh, sure. a picture of me <laughs> in that situation has come up a couple of times. So they're saying really their two two factor authentication is like Googling JJ Gordon. I'm one of the pictures that came up. Add the word comedian. I come up again. This is probably the guy who stole from Tompkins Elementary. <laughs> I have a theory. What if someone basically went to that school posing as you mm. saying, my name is JJ Gordon and I'm a comedian and I'll come to comedy at your school. And this is the infiltration method to then steal stuff. So we got to do more searching and maybe this person is claiming to be you at all sorts of places and pilfering things under the guise of being comedian JJ Gordon. Well, if the jerk who's sitting on jjgordon.com would just get off of that. I'm and really let me sorry. Have a website. You just got to pay me $10,000 and you can have it back, JJ. I told you. I'm not going to negotiate with web terrorists. <laughs> I'm going to take the stance that Harrison Ford did in the movie Air Force One and just hold out. Uh, our episode today is uh, is pretty interesting. Previous guest Andrew Jason uh, suggested... Alexandra come in and have a conversation with us. This is another one of those interesting days where we didn't, we don't know her at all. Right. And so this conversation is exactly what we started out with for JJ meets world. It is pure raw. We don't know what's going on. uh, And we kind of go all over the place. I was hoping we'd have a conversation that involves the devil wears Prada. Good news. I horseshoed that one right in there. Uh, so I think uh, when you get into this, we do talk about fashion, fashion faux pas especially, and uh, we get we get some insight into really you know like what what somebody with a fashion centered mind mm-hmm. thinks about what we chose to wear on a recording day. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's pretty funny and slightly self-deprecating. Sit back and enjoy this episode of JJ Meets World, but don't forget to go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash JJ Meets World. Every dollar that you give to us helps to keep the lights on. And Tucker and I have got a lot of lights. We're adding five or six lamps every single time we record. It's a real city of ember situation going on here. Patreon.com slash JJ Meets World. JJ Meets World. Alexandra Martin, welcome to JJ Meets World. Hi, thank you. Uh, Excited to have you. Uh, One of our previous podcast guests, who I just ran into going to a movie all by himself, which is a sad thing that people do when uh, uh, when they're lonely. Uh, but he told me that his wife had a headache, and so he was got an excuse pass to go see Captain Marvel. Because oh, right? apparently she didn't want to see that. Uh, but said, listen, you got to have Alexandra on the podcast. Oh, no. It would be a great interview. So he has set a bar so high for whatever is going to take place today. But here's the thing. 
I'm going to let you know. We're going to go in all kinds of crazy tangents because, mm-hmm. as I told you before we started recording, I have been up for over 24 hours mm-hmm. because I chaperoned a lock-in in a gymnasium <laughs> at a high school for Relay for Life. Should I just leave now? <laughs> no. The bar no. is set so high. <laughs> no. How am I going to live up? <laughs> so let's start with this. Let's start with a little bit of background on who you are. Where'd you come from? You already told us off air that your mom was very adamant about the fact that she named you Alexandra, not Alex. Yes. A lot of times when I meet people, I'm like, hi, I'm Alexandra. And they're like, oh, nice to meet you, Alex. And I'm like, that's not what I said. But yeah, might as well call you Randy. Right. right? Yeah. Like, like, that's not my name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alexandra is the, the full thing. I make ev- everyone say all of the consonants and vowels of it. What about Alexandra? Like, do you ever get into that? The Alexandra, like yeah. with the Russian with the K and the mm-hmm. S. Oh, Alexandra. Alexandra. Yeah, I like that one. It makes it sounds fancier, but the Alex. A yeah, name anyways. like Alexandra sounds like it should be followed with like the third mm-hmm. or you know regent or something you know really official sounding. If you would like to add that onto it, you can. Okay, I won't. Regent yeah. Alexandra yeah. the third. I don't know. Did regents have thirds? I'm not sure. Continue. I don't even know what is what is technically a regent. Well, actually, a regent is not as great as being, you know, the actual ruler of a country. The regent is the person who uh, is there in place of the ruler until the ruler can take over. It's just the first title that popped into my oh, head as I was thinking of adding on. Fun history fact. Yeah, yeah, that is a good history right. fact. Good, thank right. you. Do you feel better <laughs> than everybody else when you go to Alexandria? <laughs> No. <laughs> the halfway point between Fargo and the That'd magical be a great podcast of Alexandra and Alexandria. Right. Yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't been there. So, Ever? Well, okay. Well, you've you driven about, through it. You asked about my background, where I'm from. Oh, so yeah. I'm, That's right. I did ask that question. <laughs> right. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap around to this. Um, I'm from Alabama, and I actually only moved here to Fargo in May. Oh, okay. Welcome to Fargo. Yeah. So I haven't gotten out to a lot of the... <laughs> surrounding cities and towns quite as much as a uh, seasoned Fargo veteran. Yeah. Alexandria has very similar restaurants to Fargo. So you're not really missing much by not pulling off the interstate. Myself personally, if you're going to stop on the way to the twin cities, you stop in Clearwater at the Mm -hmm. Clearwater travel Plaza because they've got apple fritter bread that is out of this world. This is good advice. It is so good. And it's huge. It also is the first place I ever saw Tesla charging stations. They've got mm-hmm. a, a row of maybe like 15 of them. You're like, wow, I'm in the big city now. I know. We're it, there. It's weird because it is like Clearwater is like population like 4,000. But they all have Teslas. But they all, they've got <laughs> Teslas and they're charging them all the time. And, and their air is seats. just clear, crystal. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> There's no pollution. Except for all that coal. <laughs> so what part of Alabama? Uh, from Huntsville, Alabama. Also known as Rocket City, USA. Uh, I just had a friend and a previous podcast guest who just moved to Huntsville, Alabama. Jack Spade. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we switched out. You did. You did. <laughs> a one for one trade. Yeah. Sorry, Alabama. <laughs> I don't know. I think Jack Spade's all right. I mean, he brought all of his transformer but it, toys for the one to one trade. You know. Oh yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. We no won. Way. We we definitely <laughs> came out the better on that. Yeah. He's a, he's a like a DJ for strip clubs. He used to be. That was. Did you listen to the episode? Do you ever really drop that? It's it's sort of like an honorarium, you know. Like the president is still called president after they're out of office. Right. He's still a. a I'm pretty sure they say four. I'm pretty sure they say like 
Former President Barack Obama. No, they say Mr. President. No, it's Mr. President. Yeah, Mr. President. Really? Yeah. No. Just like once uh, a president, always a president. Just like like uh, and that's actually true for a lot of titles: mayors, mm-hmm. governors. You still get called uh, you know, Governor Schaefer mm-hmm. if he walks in the room. It's just an honorific. No, I'm pretty sure I always say former. I like to remind well, them. Well, of I, their I'm sure price. you do. Sure, you're wrong. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that's how you <laughs> say Interesting. it, JJ. <laughs> so, uh, what brings you to Fargo, North Dakota? I mean, that is a pretty odd switch, right? And so, in the uh, journey of my being, I was born and raised in Alabama, and then I went to college in Missouri, and that's where I met my wonderful fiance, and. I was graduating college at the same time he was finishing up his um, army stay. And so we were both like, okay, looking for jobs. Like, let's move anywhere. Where are we going? And so he got a job first. And his job was like, all right, Fargo. And I was like, oh, that's, that's where I'm going. <laughs> so mm. I, I majored in fashion communication in college. And so I had my brand new fashion degree. And I was like, I'm moving to Fargo to use this to my best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I came here for the guy. And so how has your fashion background played into the Fargo fashion style? I mean, that's a pretty loaded question right off the bat, yeah, but woof. like, let's dig into it. Huh? Um, Yeah, no, I am a big proponent in that fashion is important. And, um, even the choice to not care about fashion is a choice. It's still, you know, sending out um, what you want to portray about yourself. And she's um, really like looking hard at us right now too. I know. She says, like, given the up down, yeah, even, even like, the apparent lack of choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Tucker is no, wearing no. A, a a black z- full zip turtleneck sweatshirt. Yeah. My idea of fashion is what covers my husk. Yep. You know, I am See, wearing. That's, that's a decision, though. That is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And, yeah. Sure. And so, that, yeah, I, a lot of times when I tell people, oh, like I studied fashion, they're like, oh, well, um, don't look at me today. Like, oh, don't look at me today. <laughs> oh, it's laundry day. Like, oh, don't. I want to be comfortable. Like, make up all these excuses. And I'm like, I don't care what you're wearing. Like, right. that's the whole point of fashion is that you can wear what you want and be comfortable and. Everyone has to wear clothes. So, like, yeah. yeah. So, so, we had um, Kayla and Pete from mm-hmm. uh, DAC and Co. on here before. Yeah, and I asked them this them. question. Yeah, they're awesome. And I, I asked them this question about, um, you know, fashion and era. So, you know, you can look at different, st- uh, you know, fashion types and go, oh, that's from this era. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's from this place, from this era. But now, with all of... Uh, the history that we have and we, we have such an eclectic mix of what people wear anymore. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about our current era that actually defines it fashion wise where you could look at something and go, Oh, that's from, you know, North America, 2010 to 2020. Um, I'd say it's a, like, it's hard to tell when you're in the moment right. of defining, like what are the trends of 2019? Like, I can tell you like today what I've been seeing, but will those be around next week? So it's kind of deciding which factors are there for the long run of like, there are plenty of trends in the seventies that lasted for you know like a month. And, but those aren't the ones that we remember as like seventies fashion, whatnot. 
When I you, mentioned the seventies because it's my favorite fashion. Right. Era. Well, like when you're pursuing a degree in fashion, I would assume that so much of that is is historical. I mean, there's oh, yeah. it's I such took, an important yeah. cultural component about mm-hmm. uh, you know you look at different modes of dress and it actually tells you about that era and culture. Uh-huh. Yeah, I took definitely took some fashion history courses and it's interesting all the things that go into play of like, well, back in the day, the I guess maybe the Regency, stuff. the Regency, <laughs> yeah. they um you know would wear like bright red capes and that was a sign of prestige because it used like a cochineal beetle to dye that and it was very rare and very difficult to blah blah so when you saw red it was like that's an expensive piece whereas now it's there's there's different like red is very red common um well we produce so much clothing every year too just in general like there's so much unused clothing out there and it's just piling on and piling on. We need to turn that into a fuel source mm-hmm. somehow, like just throw the old clothes into this reactor and be able to power something. Last night when I was at this relay event, <clears throat> they had tons and tons of free t-shirts. They all say relay for life. and It's got the sponsors on the back and they were pushing these shirts on me so hard. And I'm like, listen, dude, I work for a radio company. I have got plenty of free t-shirts. I've got, <laughs> I am not, most of the free T-shirts I've ever received have a radio company on. Right, they all because that's that's how they that's how we're getting our brand out there. Uh, but they're like, well, just grab it. Maybe it'd be a good paint shirt for you. And I said, I have plenty of paint shirts as well right now. I am loaded up. I will never if if I painted my house every year, I would have more than enough paint shirts. Do you think anyone's ever seen a T-shirt for like Y ninety four and was like, I should listen to Y ninety four today? After seeing that shirt, no, I think uh, I think at this point what it is is if you've got a a Y ninety four or any any product from like the nineties or early two thousands, mm-hmm. and you have that original shirt, it is that throwback retro style that we're loving so much. Mm-hmm. So people look at it and they'll remember the youth of when they used to listen to that station, <laughs> but now they know that they're a talk radio person because they're an adult and they've grown up. Mm-hmm. And they don't actually understand, like, who's this Drake everyone's talking about? <laughs> right. Isn't it interesting? Everyone always talks about, like, the paint shirt. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you can use this as a paint shirt or, yeah. like, crafts or, like, so, don't sell yourself as, like, a trash shirt. Like, this is yeah. the shirt you're going to get dirty. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like this is the shirt that doesn't have any worth to it. Yeah, like so, it's your, mess this one up. It's yeah. Your Netflix shirt. It's like this is what I wear when I'm just sitting on the couch with my kitties watching right. Netflix. But I'd never buy like for example, I would never buy a a piece of clothing specifically knowing knowing that I'm going to change it mm. based on a hobby or activity <laughs> I plan on doing <laughs> later on. In fact, the last time I even changed a piece of clothing from when I bought from the store was I thought I'd be cool and put a little thumb slit in a sweatshirt I got. But then I was like, is this big enough? I don't know. My thumbs feel kind of cramped. And so I made it a little bit bigger. And so now like half my hand comes out of it. I completely ruined it. I have actually, I just realized you're the right person to talk to you about this. Oh dear, yeah. So I'm a short guy. I'm 5'7 on a good day which means that buying pants in my size mm-hmm. is a huge pain. No one makes anything for anyone my size in just regular retail. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. So you either have to special order something or you have to hem it yourself, 
which um, I don't know how to do. I could certainly sit down and teach myself how to do it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, why? how come there aren't pants for someone like me? Do you have any advice for a guy who's my height on how to deal with pants? Because I realized last night, I was just Googling for ultimate pants, that ultimate dealing pants. with pants has been such a pain in my butt that I would I, I want to find the solution now <laughs> and, and have a solution for pants buying for the rest of my life. But I just can't seem to find one that's mm -hmm. simple in town. So do you have – I know shopping retail is different than fashion. So I know it's not right. the same thing. But you would know better than I would clearly. Right. Well, some online retailers have options to automate – like they will hem or tailor stuff for you. Okay. If you get – say like my inseam is this length and like they got you. But if you find some pants in town and you're like, I really like these – don't want to go get them hemmed, blah, blah, blah. They have, there's this product you can buy. It's pretty inexpensive. It's called like hem tape. And it's just really strong, like double-sided tape that sticks to fabric. And is that where you, you iron you just, it and it basically yeah. melds into yeah. the fabric? And so you don't have to sew or anything. You just have to fold it into a straight line. Okay. And that's really useful. It's good for like me if I want to turn some pants into like a cropped one for okay. a moment and then I can take it off if I don't want to be cropped anymore. So then what is your opinion and then like the the hemline on the bottom, you know, like with jeans, you really need to have that 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 little line that shows you it's the bottom of the pants versus them just going straight down, you know, w w what is acceptable for that? I don't really own jeans. I never wear mm -hmm. jeans, but uh so khakis or anything else, is it acceptable to not see the hemline on the bottom? I'd say um when asked questions like this, I would say to you, like, have you ever spoken to someone and been like, let me check the hem on their pants? No. This is something that people don't notice. No, but I've definitely. You'll notice it. But I've definitely dated women who just straight up told me, I hate how you dress. <laughs> and so I don't really understand how, how much I'm being observed. Right. A lot of, yeah, a lot of things is. There's the old saying of like, well, you care about yourself more than a lot of other people not like oh. notice certain aspects. So I think, sure. you know, not having that him, I don't. But just as like a fashion rule in general. Yeah. Like, is it something that aesthetically you'd go, if if I were to have my druthers, I'd make sure that that would be there. Um. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Just, I'd rather have a nicely tailored piece than like a cuffed right. on the fly. but. Right. I've got a phone number of a woman in Fargo who does that. Really? Yeah. And she's like my sister's fiance is like a like a 31 length, let's say, and you can only find either He's not 30 a or 32. I'm just using this as an example. <clears throat> I don't want people to know what Brady's actual is closer like to is. a 33. But he's that in between size, and so my sister found this woman and she's like, "Yep, I bring them all over there and they're like 4 bucks a piece." And so when he finds a pair of pants he likes, he buys five versions of it mm -hmm. and she swings them over there and gets them all hemmed up. Yeah, getting stuff hemmed is really, it's not as big of a ordeal as okay. sometimes. It's just pretty, drop them off, get them done, boom, boom, boom. I'll yeah, just have to do sometimes that it's the yeah. same day. Like yeah. she's like, yep, this will take me, I don't know, an hour. Go I'm going to have to get those deets. Yep. Because I'm tired of wrestling with these pants issues. Uh, Alexandra, uh, yes. let's talk about fashion faux pas. Oh. What are your least favorite, or the, what are the fashion faux pas that drive you the craziest? Like, that guy's wearing brown shoes and he's got black belt. Ugh. 
Um, I love mixing like colors and patterns. So that doesn't really awesome. The, the brown and brown and black, or the navy and black, is me me. Um, I really dislike cargo shorts. Mm, okay, why? They're just. Do you need them? <laughs> That's oh. a, no, you don't. You yeah. really don't. I like mean, maybe if you're in a field where you need, you know, your, all your tools in one spot. Right. Like an archaeologist? Yeah. Like an archaeologist and gets a pass. Like Jeff Goldblum can wear them in <laughs> Jurassic Park. He's got his things with them. Um, Let's face it. Jeff Goldblum would never be caught dead in cargo shorts. If they no. told him that was going to be part of the character, he'd True. go pass. <laughs> I have a Jeff Goldblum desk calendar in my oh, office. Lovely. Um yeah, Jeff he's a he's a number one. He's a one, national treasure. He's a number one guy for me. For sure. Um, That's a good number one guy to have. Yeah, and we I was actually talking with some of my coworkers other they're like, "Where did this start? This Jeff Goldblum thing?" And I was like, I mean, is not everyone hooked on like oh this, the one this image, isn't weird the image that just came into my head is him in that Dr. Pepper shirt in, I was, uh, I was in say, Steve Zissou yeah in the, the Life Aquatic, Aquatic. Uh, I'm like it's perfect because it ties into that retro shirt thing <laughs> yeah. it's the I'm a pepper he's wearing yeah, an I'm that's a pepper what it is. shirt that's right yep, he's yep. like Steve are you here to rescue me mm-hmm. um, top three Jeff Goldblum films <laughs> in your opinion that you enjoy watching for his take on the character uh, Jurassic Park. Yep. Excellent choice. Jurassic Chaos. Park. Chaos Theory. Yep. And Jurassic Park. Okay. Mm, okay. Yeah. Just the- so not the fly. So when he's injured and then he's laying with the sizzle open, you yes, know, and he's that, showing like, that, and he's the lounging look yep, that's, with the, that's yeah. peak Jeff Goldblum for yeah, you. And then life finds a way. <laughs> there's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's an amazing animated gif of, so him in that position where he's sort of lounging and he's kind of breathing. And then they took, Dr. Grant from him laying on the triceratops <laughs> and like listening to it breathing and they superimposed it on top of, well, oh. I'll bring it up here at some point. It's unbelievably good. I Check love that out. We're really living in a golden age of good stuff like that. A golden age of Jeff Goldblum for sure. Yeah. Goldblum age. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fashion era. Yeah. So, uh, what, so cargo shorts, right? Socks with sandals. Does that make you cringe? It depends on the sock and sandal. I bet it depends on the feet, too. It depends on the feet, for sure. Okay, so let's... I've seen some cute, like, some girls with the cute, like, the little sandals, and there's, like, a patterned sock, and it's the look. But then there's, like, the dad look. Right, I was going to (laughs) say, so let's say it's, like, it's a, what's that, what's, it's not a tube sock, but what's just below? The athletic sock? Or the ankle sock? No, not the, the ankle. Swoosh. The one that comes, yeah. it doesn't come as high as the tube sock, but it's still, I mean, it's bordering on the calf. Mm-hmm. Crew sock. It covers mm-hmm. the ankle. Yeah. The um, the dress sock with the sandals. Like, I can, Who's doing the that? The athletic sock could be like, you know, like a norm core kind of yeah. thing. Like, ooh, casual. Like, it's the cool dad. But then, yeah, the dress sock is... A lot of people misuse the dress sock. Yeah. Uh, dress socks freak me out, if I'm going to be honest, because I always feel they're so slippery and slick that I'm going to dance because I'm wearing them to occasions where I'm going to dance like a wedding right. or a funeral. And I'm always you wearing them to dance. at funerals. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Big, big fan of dancing at funerals. I haven't been to the right funeral. It was really awkward at his mom's funeral <laughs> right. because JJ was yeah. just all over the place, well, just dancing ins- like crazy. <laughs> I was insistent that my mom wanted a New Orleans style <laughs> funeral 
where there's dancing and there's a dirge. Mm. Uh, so I was <laughs> I was pushing it, and lo and behold, what happened to me? I kicked off a dress shoe by accident because my dress sock was so slick. Um, I don't understand the person what's going through their mind when they're pairing a dress sock with a sandal. I think that's the thing is there's not much going on. It's kind of like, well, I got to go somewhere today. Here's some socks. Here's a shoe. We're going to go for it. Do you think that that person is so dialed into their routine that they're, it's almost like unconsciously that they're doing this thing because yeah. they're like, I put socks on every day. So I'm putting a sock on and it's nice out. So I'm going to wear sandals. Yeah. And the disruption in that routine just is too much for them to say like, oh, today's a no sock mm-hmm. day. Crocs. I really like Crocs. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And it's, mo- it's, I guess you could say more of the like, ooh, ironic. Isn't it funny thing rather than like, but they're very practical shoes. I have, um, I have two pair. I have a, what I call my summer Croc and my winter Croc. Mm. I have the slides. They look like the Adidas slides, except they say Crocs on the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like from a distance, it's like, oh, there's those like cool hip, like there's Gucci slides and the Adidas slides. Those are kind of in right now. But mine are just like Crocs on them, mm. which I think is really funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I have my winter Crocs, which are like the standard Croc, but they're lined in like a furry cheetah print fabric. Mm. Oh my. Yeah. See, I thought that the whole point of Crocs were like, oh, I can step in a swamp and then it's going to be mm-hmm. okay afterwards. But if you've got lined Crocs. Well, they're great for like if I'm taking the garbage out in the winter, just throw, you know, yeah. put them on. At, I keep them at the door. Um, and my my fiance, he has matching winter Crocs. We both have summer Croc and winter Croc. His are not leopard print, but um, they're just brown. Mm. But still, the sentiment is there. Does your husband have a pair of Crocs that have camo on them? I'm thinking like he's got a military background. No, no he's very. Seems like a missed opportunity. He's very no. Cam- he's like, I lived my camo life. I had camo everything. He's he's done the camo. And now it's time to pass. It's all pastels. Yeah. yeah. For sure. The, yeah. One, the one fashion choice that I judge harshly is when guys wear like hunting camo. I was about to say, I like camo. Right. But hunting camo, like real tree, right where it looks like like uh-huh. like a, like a grass field and wheat yeah, and stuff. With it's like all the brown leaves and, and the yeah. It's just and, and and then when they wear their hunter orange like with it, I really want to throw up. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's hard for me to judge f- any fashion choice because I don't really <laughs> have any. But when I see those, I go, mm-hmm. "You should be locked away because right. this is nonsense. Well, You're not hunting right now." Yeah, with a lot of fashion, it's utilitarian. Like if you're going hunting. The camo with the orange is a good choice, but if you're not in the woods, it don't no no. That's yeah. I don't yeah. That's the same way. I I really don't like chacos. What are those? Um, they're I guess they're bigger back in Alabama. They're just these the sandals. They've got a really thick sole and like these kind of. They're kind of like, they look like tivas. Tiva? No, don't know what oh, that is either. You guys aren't helping me here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone's yelling at their radio right now, being <laughs> like, these two idiots don't know Chacos and Tivas. <laughs> Anyways, they're very good, like river shoes, like or rafting. They've got a thick sole, but they're waterproof. Okay. Um, and I always say, like, well, if you're on the river, 
that's great. But it is in Alabama and in college too. Like it was big to just wear those to class and stuff. And I was like, hmm. so I'm trying to think like our equivalent is like wearing a snowshoe inside. Boots, yeah, but people probably. do wear snowshoes inside because you got to go through the snow to get. The, the big thing around here is people really like to wear pajama bottoms or sweat bottoms. Oh yeah, you know? that's just an American gym thing. Gym bottoms, yeah. gym bottoms. Ooh, what I like you. to call them. Yeah, gym, gym bottoms. bottoms. I will say, hanging around the home with gym shorts is ultra comfy. Oh yeah. When you're just at home. Oh yeah, my home outfits are. I've had someone say, "Oh, but you have like really cute like pajamas or like sweat pants or whatever," and I was like. Um, no, I have my go-to when I get home from work, take off the like work clothes and I have these fleece pajama pants. They're men's because I wanted them nice and roomy mm-hmm. and they have St. Bernard's on them <laughs> and, and then just a big sweatshirt. Some Beethoven's. Good, yeah. My, um, my parents have two St. Bernard's back I, at home. I love St. Bernard's. They, I, I love dogs and cats in general, but. So there's a, a YouTube channel where these, they must be, I don't know if they're, they wouldn't be St. Bernard breeders because these are like all St. Bernard's. So it must be a rescue or something, but they own this, you know, big plot of land and they have like 40 some St. Bernard's. I know what you're talking. I've seen those videos where and it's just like, like the little girl is walking in the woods and all you can hear is the breathing of 40 St. <laughs> <Saint> Bernard's. <laughs> oh yeah. No, they snore yeah. too. My, they've got sort of that that smashed face a little bit, right? Well, they're just so big. Okay. It's hard to like move that chest cavity up and down when you're sleeping. So it's just like <gasps> they got to constantly be hot too. Oh yeah, they're a very furry, fluffy animal. Yeah, my mom bought our Saint Bernards. Like they have their own fan in the house. Mm. It's like mm. a little oscillating awesome, little fan, <laughs> and she's like, "Well, let's uh, turn it off so they can lay in front of it." Uh, I in my mind, it's like. Teeny and Tiny are the names of your St. Bernard's, but what are they actually? Uh, it's Rosie and Brandy. Rosie and Brandy. Rosie. Well, any particular way you came to those names? So Brandy, that's the, um, you know, when you see the typical image of a St. Bernard, they have the barrel around their neck. Well, mm-hmm. what's in the barrel is Brandy. Oh, is it really? That's yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I always thought it was root beer. That's what the the, uh, the kid version the was pe- written. Oh, that yeah, also like PG. hot chocolate and yeah, no, it's whatever oh, yeah. other. It's brandy, yeah. yeah. So um, I say, tell people we named her after the booze, um, and then Rosie. She um, this <laughs> there's a family favorite restaurant of ours back in my hometown called Little Rosie's. It's a Mexican restaurant. It was actually my first job was working at Little Rosie's. Okay, um, and it's just like I don't know. My family loves that place. It's great. And so we named our dog after him. Have you told the proprietors of Little Rosie's, like, we named our dog after you? Yeah, they get that. uh, Like, it's a beloved spot in town. Okay. Have you been to our beloved Mexican restaurant here, Mexican Village? I have not. I have a coupon for it that I've been sitting on. I thought you were going to not be funny and say Mango's, which is actually, like, the the best Mexican spot. Yeah, but Mango's has not been around for 40-plus years. (laughs) Mexican Village has the staying power. This is how good Mexican Village is as a restaurant. When I go there, I get chicken strips. Oh, me too, because their ranch dressing is on It's really good, but none of their Mexican food is really classifiable as Mexican food. an icon. It it really is. I mean, I'm not, I didn't notice, I didn't say it was great. I'm just saying it is the <laughs> it most, is the, yeah. if you searched Mexican food Fargo, you get I, guarantee, Taco Bell. I guarantee you Mexican Village is the first thing that pops up. Okay. 
Guarantee it. He's going to oh, do that. he's doing well, it. Did he say Mexican food Fargo? Yep, in a Everyone Google Everyone at home do this, too. Yep. <laughs> see if, see if uh, this podcast sways it. By the way, <laughs> I'd a like... Lot, it's the spike in searches for Mexican restaurants <laughs> in Fargo are going to go up. Oh, uh, the very first one is Mangoes. Ooh, no, you are uh, kidding me. And Mexican Village is second. Is that based off of your search history? <laughs> and then Final Taco is third. Anyways. I can't believe. So Final Mango's Taco's first. got some... They have got good deals on margaritas. Their guac yeah. is off the chain, too. Yeah, that's... A lot of times I go there just for guac and a margarita. Yeah. And okay. that's all you need. Yeah. I had never tried that, like, cherry chiggies or whatever it is, but it's it's I, it's what? chicken skin. <laughs> oh. It's fried... You oh. Just fried chicken skin... And it's served with this really spicy barbecue sauce, and it's called like chimichiggies. Mm-hmm. But it's well, that, super none good. None of that sounds none good. None of that sounds <laughs> good at all. It's so good. The, at mangoes, I always get, almost always get the pollo, and then you gotta get which like is a, chicken. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know. I mean, we're we're listening to in Canada, and where then they you need to get the French. queso with it, which is cheese. There you go. I yeah, I actually don't eat meat products, so. Have you all? So Meat what do you or have? Animal. With, animal. Okay, so even like dairies and yeah, cheeses no, and stuff. That's got out. It. Yeah. So what do you eat at Little Rosie's then? Well, they have this wonderful vegetable quesadilla. Yeah. And it's got it's got like potatoes, carrots, um, like fajita, onions, and peppers and stuff. Does it replace the cheese with something then to be a quesadilla? So, yeah. What's the binding agent that keeps the see, tortilla that's the closed? Thing, is that there's not really. So I kind of makeshift it and I'll do some guac in there not, or oh, some that's salsa. Nice. That's nice. a good choice. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. You, you got to really get creative when you cut out a lot of um, food options from your diet. Right. So you do, but we are living in a time where people are taking that more seriously than ever before. So mm-hmm. restaurants know we're not going to just offer a salad. We're going to try and have me- multiple menu options that meet dietary restrictions. Multiple uh, choice. Well, this I mean, is- <laughs> I mean, let's face it. In, ten years ago, right? If right, you right. went in, in, ten years ago in Fargo, if you said like, "Oh, do you have any uh, any vegan options here?" They'd be they, like, they'd be like, uh, wh- "Like a what? Like a, a yeah, like a v- 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 diet vegan? cheese? Do you mean Vogan? The Vogan from, from uh, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy." <laughs> Is that um, what waiters would say? Yeah. Oh. Constantly, constantly. They're all big fans of all, Douglas yeah. Adams fans here. <laughs> got it, got it. Uh, and so we've come a long ways. You know, kind of in a way, you, like, you're experiencing Fargo in a, a renaissance right now. Because right. we've got more cool stuff to do than we've ever had before. We're taking the world seriously, with the exception of, like, the last session in the house has been really Awful. Oh, I don't even pay attention to that nonsense. Um, <laughs> but that corrupt, it, you know, corrupt nonsense. Sorry. So you you've been here for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself putting down uh, roots here, or is this just a stopping point until the next chapter? Well, a little bit of both. Um, we just bought a house uh, a few months ago. I guess maybe Congrats. in December. Yeah. Um, so we'll be here a little bit, but um, both of my fiance and I we've both lived all over and moved all over and done little stints in a lot of places. So you spend time outside of the country, like uh, Europe. Yeah. Where have you been? Um, well, I haven't lived 
in Europe. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. I visited, got like, it. you know, Italy, France. Nice. The fashion. The fashion spots. The fashion spots. Not Milan. I haven't made that to there. Like, yeah, I'd love to, though. Is, is, is there, like, an ultimate fashion destination? Like, is there sort of a mecca for... I mean, Paris. Paris? Yeah. Okay. The Paris Fashion Week. Because so, I don't know how well-versed you are in fashion weeks. Not at all, but actually so, that, that was going to lead to my next question. Well, oh, I've, seen, go I've seen Sex and the City, the whole series, oh, start good. to finish in both movies. Mm-hmm. I don't, the second one is crap. Right. Uh, and I have seen The Devil Wears, Wears Prada mm-hmm. numerous times as well. And we've also interviewed Rich Summer from The Devil Wears Prada yeah. on this show. Whoa. Yep. Big yeah, time. That's um, one of my favorite scenes in cinematic history is from Devil Wears Prada. Is it the scene where she explains how like it's not a blue belt? Oh, you think this is Cerulean? But yeah, that one's <laughs> that that I scene. I watch that often. Yeah, so picks you up in the morning. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times, you know, fashion gets written off as like a frivolous thing or just like a girly, not important type of thing. And that scene's just like, yeah, this is important. This is a multi-million-dollar industry, and well, everyone gets dressed in the morning, even. Yeah, yeah. They okay. distill the importance of what takes place so far out of my realm mm-hmm. of of knowledge or influence, and how no, this is re- this is coming down to who you are. Yeah, and they do it. Have, are you familiar with the scene? I, I've seen the movie once, but I can't okay. remember. I, I have snippets of it in my head. It's now. a simple Here, breakdown I, yeah. of how Andy is scoffing at the fact that Meryl Streep's character is is diving so deep into a particular color. So base what the scene is, is they're picking out a look for a piece in the magazine. Okay. And they're, um, the, I guess what Vogue, what's the magazine? It's not Vogue, but it's, it's something it's a, like it's a make believe yeah. it's supposed to be a stand in basically. Yes. It's a stand in for Vogue. They're all, all on staff are deciding between these two belts. And they're, God, they're so, they're so different. And Andy's characters like, pff, like laughs. And they're like, Oh, you think that this isn't important to you, does it? But and then it just goes on this whole spiel of like that lumpy blue sweater you're wearing. You may think it's blue, but it's actually cerulean. Which and then she goes on to explain the whole like trend of how that color blue became into style with the '98 fashion show with so and so, and then trickled down to the bargain bin where you probably picked up this sweater and put it on this morning, thinking that this decision has nothing to do with you. But in fact, that sweater was picked for you. The people in this room. It, I mean, and Meryl Streep <laughs> rocks that scene. Mm-hmm. She, it's, yeah. put, she puts in yeah, that was, I, did in a, her place. I did a bad rendition of that, but no, I, it, was a little, it was a little chilly. Like then the way yeah. the way you have cerulean, cerulean, cerulean. Yeah, I, I think you know a lot of people when they think fashion industry, they they picture the the runway. They, right. They picture you know models walking up and down, mm-hmm. and the ones that they typically notice are the ones that are actually more just artworks, pieces of art, then necessarily mm-hmm. everyone's going to be wearing this next year, right? And so, uh, you know, Zoolander, they've got derelict right. is the style, but it's more of an art style than mm-hmm. necessarily, well, this is what we'll be shipping out to retailers next year, right? Right. Well, there's, um, so yeah, fashion is an art form, but uh, most fashion shows, they have their their runway show, and all the editors and fashion, the people that attend the show aren't just there to like 
be seen. I mean, some of them are there to be seen, but mm-hmm. it's their job. They kind of, they pick which garments they think are going to be the ones that are going to set the trends. And oftentimes what's re- um, retail and sold is different than what's on the runway. So it's like, okay, well on the runway there, here's this wild jacket. Well, and the retail will take off the feather trim and will take off some of the buttons. So it's more sellable. So it's kind of mm-hmm. the runway is these bolder ideas of what ends up actually being sold. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, they're, it's not mass produced. Like everything no. you see on a runway is one of a kind. And then they take those elements, as you were saying, right. and that's what becomes mm-hmm. the next dress yeah, or the next flowy pants right. that uh, that people are interacting yeah. in a, with. In a way, a lot of runway shows are like a test to kind of see like who responded to what, which pieces are people working with and liking and whatnot. So, so uh, I think that fashion is fascinating. I am not a fashionable person myself, but I've got a, a respect and appreciation for mm-hmm. it. And mostly when it comes down to my fashion sense, it's the fact that I I am poor at managing my time in the morning. <laughs> so I hit the snooze button too many times. Same. I'm always a little bit late. And because of that, I don't take the time to really say like, oh, I, you know, I could really match this blazer with this shirt today and, and have something that is you know, is representative of the season mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. It's more like, Oh my God, what is clean? Oh, please. Oh. Um, right. So how do you curate your look? I think a lot of that. I am the same way. I'm very, I, I do the snooze button. I, I wear a lot of hats um, as I am today because I don't like to do my hair, which, so you might see this and say, Oh, a styling hat. But I say, it's covering up some mess underneath it. So it's, it's, you know, we're not too different in that sense. Um, but yeah, in, in shopping, I look for a lot of pieces that I know kind of work with what I already like to wear. And I know what kind of what silhouettes look good on me. And so when I'm out shopping, I say, well, I can wear this one with, I know this top will go with this pant, this pant, this skirt, these shoes. Okay, I can throw, I know I can just throw that on. So I think a lot of it is to do with what's already in your closet. What do you think about the fact that we're really in a like share based fashion economy right now where you can actually rent pieces or you can rent a designer purse Mm -hmm. and you have it for a limited amount of time and they send it back. It, you take like Tucker's industry uh, working in video, it's a game changer because mm-hmm. you don't need to put $10,000 into equipment for it to be obsolete the right. next day, which seems like the technology and fashion go hand in hand and oh, something yeah. becomes out of style or obsolete so quickly. So the shareable, rentable aspects seem like a pretty decent deal to me. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely the future of fashion. Um, we, I know earlier we were discussing, you know, fast fashion. There's so many, there's piles of clothes, there's paint shirts. Um, <laughs> and I think the rentable aspect will really cut down on um, textile waste and just yeah. like, you know, a lot of times, you know, as a female, you know, if you have an event going up, you want a special dress to wear. Well, I've, I've bought plenty of special dresses to wear to an event and they're just, I'm not going to wear them again. I already wore them to an event where I used photographed or whatever, you know? And so I think the idea of having pieces you can rent and use once and then let someone else enjoy them is really going to be the forefront of 
having us waste less and still get to be very fashionable. You don't have to wear the same thing every day, but you can, yeah, have that choice. And it's kind of, we've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah. Only we just called it going over to, you know, my Your girlfriend's house, place. Yeah. yeah and put, pulling something out of her closet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it gives people a, also a chance to maybe try things they ha- might not have thought of because it's, it's less permanent. It's not like, oh, I'm spending my hard-earned money on this piece that's a little out there. I don't know if it'll even look good on me. And so I think it will allow people to be a little more creative with what they decide to wear as well. It's less of a commitment. Are we becoming more gender fluid with clothes? Yeah. Are the you know, are we getting rid of the line completely instead of just blurring it between what is meant for a man and what's meant for a woman? Um, I think well, it's hard to predict, of course. I think there'll always be some sort of line, but there's definitely a lot more pieces that can go either way and I I love looking in the men's section for good button down or you know, some I like the fit of men's stuff better sometimes. And um, I've got broad shoulders and a long torso. So a lot of times women's stuff is too me, too icky feeling on me. (laughs) (laughs) Icky feeling. Well, you know, the seam comes too close up in your armpit and it like digs in and you're just like, (laughs) I shop in the Husky department. So everything there is about like, Ooh, loose, loose, loose. Big. (laughs) But last year I finally bought like nice, Tight. I guess you wouldn't call them skinny jeans necessarily, but like tailored, like tailored. tailored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in pants, and it changed the way people talked to me. Instead yeah. of wearing baggy, loose jeans, uh, you know, they were. I think like I moved with more confidence. Right. That's yeah. As much as people would like to say that outward appearances don't matter, um, it in sense of like dressing yourself it's really it's how you introduce yourself to someone before saying anything it's telling them a little story each each clothing piece i think has like a story behind it even if as mentioned early even though that story is i needed something and i saw this and it was in my size and i got it (laughs) or that story is well i was on vacation and and I was in Italy and I came across this boutique and I wanted to remember the trip. So I grabbed this little jacket and now I wear it. It reminds me of Italy. You know, there's everything has like a little story to it. And when you put those pieces on, it shares with the world part of that story. Wow. We went there. No, I, I think that's <laughs> great though. Um, you know, so here's, here's an example. I was on vacation with my now wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, two years ago. And we were in Delaware and we walked into this little tiny boutique that had just, it, it was nice clothes. Right. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't pretty woman. They were telling me to leave. Right. right, uh, right. But it, I also wasn't at JCPenney. Okay. And I saw this red shirt. It was a distressed red shirt. It felt like the fabric was super soft and it had a uh, kind of, where it looks like it's old, like the print distressed. on it. Is that what I mean? Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, just distressed yeah. of old mixtape cassettes <laughs> on it. And I just instantly was like, oh, this would look great on Jill. I know it would. This mm-hmm. red would just go great with her features. And so I bought this shirt. Now, the shirt doesn't say the name of the town we were in. It doesn't say Delaware is for lovers. Right. Anything like that. 
But this shirt now represents yeah. that trip that we took. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people think, oh, well, if I'm going to get a piece of clothing while I'm on a trip, I want it to say no. Cayman Islands. Yeah. Which I'm going to credit the Hard Rock Cafe mm. for being one of the uh, one of the brands that really pushed that because you could get one of those Hard Rock Cafe yeah. from any city on the planet, it seemed like. Yeah, and they do a good job too with their merchandise. It's always like pretty cool looking. Yeah, and it, and it's never over the top. Like, yeah, I mean, it's basic in a way, but it just does a lot. Yeah. Respectable. That's a good term when it comes to fashion. <laughs> Respectable. Uh, yeah. No, I I love that. When I go on little trips, I like to get pieces like that that don't say like Aloha from Hawaii. Right. But like. Okay, like I, I say that I went to Hawaii in the past year and I got a necklace from a little boutique and it was this woman that she, um, it, it was her jewelry store and she makes those jewelry and picks out the little pearls that are going to be on stuff and I had a good chat with her and I got a necklace from her and so now it looks like just a regular necklace but I know it's like, oh, well, this is from that nice lady I met in Hawaii. That's awesome. Yeah. I have one piece of jewelry other than my like wedding ring. Right, right. And it's a shark tooth necklace that I got in Hawaii. <laughs> but I firmly believe that this shark tooth necklace gives mm-hmm. me magic powers when right. I wear it. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and not the kind of thing like I wear it and I can hover or I can start talking to fish. Mm-hmm. I wear it and I get the greatest ideas I've ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe it gives me a sense of confidence I didn't have well, before. Well, like the pants you were talking about. Right. It makes you just transform. makes you just feel... A little different. It's like, you know, when you wear like a like a tux or a nice gown, like you carry yourself a bit different. You're like, you sit up a little straighter. You know, I think clothes, clothing and pieces are very transformative in that way. Unless you put on a little different hat for the day. Have you ever worn a tuxedo? Just out of curiosity. No. So I find them to be ungodly uncomfortable because sh- right. nobody actually, I mean, there's some people who do who actually own their own tuxedo. Otherwise you're only renting. Right. And so nothing ever fully fits. fits. Everything's got like elastic built into it and that kind of stuff. And the cummerbund to like, to really to just to cover the stuff that doesn't fit. Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, the vest, the vest is going to pull up no matter what. Yeah. Because so, but I know exactly what you're talking about with a tailored suit. Yeah. A tailored suit. If, if you've always bought your suit off the rack and you never bothered to like mm-hmm. get it cut to, you know, your exact form, boy, oh boy, brothers and sisters, you are missing out. Yes. Yeah. Having something made for you or not even made for you, but just even like, like we were talking about earlier, even just hemmed or something. You're like, this is made for me. This was made to look the best on me as it can. And you feel it. And it's that like little bit of conf- little boom, boom, boom. So uh, what, do you, what are you doing in Fargo? Are you bringing your fashion expertise? You must be because I believe Andrew I- I invited you here not only because right, you're awesome, right. but to plug something as well a little bit. Right, yeah. Andrew, we're coworkers. I am currently the editor of Fargo Monthly Magazine. And um, more recently, also, I added on um, Design and Living Magazine. Oh, cool. To my docket. A lot of stuff, the stuff that's happening over at Spotlight is pretty impressive. Yeah, that changes every day. Always stuff going on. It's it's not a boring job. And uh, <laughs> I always tell people, um, if you move to a new town, the best way to like 
really get to know the town is you just become the editor of the local magazine. Because <laughs> I've, yeah, I've really gotten to know Fargo because I have to with my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're finding out where all the hotspots yeah. are and what people are talking and about. meeting people and interviewing people and doing all that stuff. And it's really like, oh, well, we should go to this restaurant tonight because we just, we just featured them in something. And it's actually really cool. And like, normally if you move to, well, or no, if I would have moved to a new place, I'd just been like, all right, let's find some favorites and just stick with that and, um, you know, just live our life. But yeah, no, it's really encouraged me to go out and do different stuff and really explore Fargo. Uh, do you have any favorites off the top of your head about something where you're like, yep, this place is, is close to the top of the list. Restaurant, uh, nightlife, doesn't matter. Whatever dealer's choice. Right. Well, I'd say our favorite, like, um, we love a good date spot at Twist. Yeah. They have a full, like, vegan menu. Like a sep- you ask, you can say like, oh, kind of the vegan menu. And it's a separate piece. It's not just like a section on the bottom of their menu. It's a f- separate menu. And it's, so I like that I have options besides, you know, good sal- house salad. <laughs> and yeah, I, just, I like their cocktails too. But we also have recently been loving um, Harold's yeah. in Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, to, I got to interview them right before they opened and kind of learned the background and all that stuff. But yeah, we had cocktails there. And my fiance said, this is probably the best cocktail I've had in town, like easily. I was like, all right. They're cultivating a really great vibe in there too. Yeah. I mean, it's usually packed, but mm-hmm. if you can find one of those times when it's not insanely full, it is a very cool place to just go and to sit. Um, I'm also a big Harmar Superstar fan. Right. So knowing that he's made an investment into the community yeah. really gets me excited. And in Moorhead. Yeah. Because when I was speaking to them, they were saying like, there's not as much like people starting businesses whatnot and Moorhead like we need to live it up yeah Moorhead has always been the redheaded stepchild to Fargo and right. then West Fargo and it, there's there's no reason why it, right. there's no discernible reason like oh well yeah in the you know 70s uh, they tried to kick everyone out uh, who uh, it had the last name ending in sun yeah. or something like that. And Moorhead does have some really amazing stuff going on. And I see yeah. some huge growth for Moorhead. Yeah. I'm excited to see it start to really grow more because yeah, like you said, there's no reason that it shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Let's just keep the ball rolling with the cool yeah. stuff over there. Uh, I also like the fact that I know uh, Sean Tillerman mm-hmm. is good friends with Macaulay Culkin. And so I'm hoping that he brings he'll, him he'll bring to Fargo at some point to show him his bar. We can dream. Oh, yeah. I love it. You know, a lot of people don't know this about Fargo. And so maybe you don't know this yet. I probably don't. So the Fargo Jet Center right. is one of the only private mm-hmm. airways that has a customs um, like check-in right, attached yeah. to it. So you can fly from London to the United States and you... They can't get all the way to L.A. yet. Mm-hmm. So, but this one, you can stop at a private jet center and go through customs and everything like mm-hmm. that. So, on the regular, there are people like Steven Spielberg and, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone told me at one point, like Mick Jagger. Uh, but they keep it under wraps because they want to respect the privacy right. of these people who are going through. But 
on the regular. There used to be a place in North Fargo that had apparently the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie would land and order at two o'clock in the morning a dozen of these sandwiches for their Good. kids. Good. Um, and Tom Hanks one time like hopped out. They hopped off the plane. They're like, we're going to have to do some maintenance. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go get some pancakes. And so he went to a little greasy spoon diner that we have in West Fargo that just happened to be open. And so I think that Fargo is one of those places that more people have been to, not experienced, but been, been to, to than you would really imagine. Right. Yeah. I think um, one thing I've noticed about Fargo is that you mentioned earlier that we're kind of in this Fargo renaissance where a lot's going on. There's so much to do and see and experience, which is great for my job because I get you to, got stuff to edit. I have stuff to write about and feature. Um, but it's since moving here so recently, I'm, I'm only seeing that growth and that like excitingness and things happening. And I feel like a lot of people here are kind of, kind of have a little, a little negative sometimes of like, Oh, it's just Fargo or like Fargo's this, Fargo's that. I'm like, this is pretty, pretty nice here. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Cause maybe I haven't seen what it apparently used to be or whatnot, but I think Fargo needs to give itself more credit. I think people that live here in Fargo need to give themselves a little more credit. Yeah. We automatically assume that anyone who's here is not here by choice. Right. Like, so many times like, people sorry are like, for being in Fargo. Yeah. So many times people are like, well, why'd you come here? And I'm like, Nice place. Mm-hmm. Why'd you come here? <laughs> I'm not born here. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you're absolutely correct. You hit the nail on the head with that because I think that Far- Fargo doesn't want to admit that it's cooler. Yeah, Fargo's a little embarrassed of itself yeah. for no reason. Yeah. So we're here to help. Suck it up, Fargo. Yeah. Suck it up, Fargo, cool, Moorhead, Fargo. West Fargo. We'll yeah. include Dilworth and Horace as part of those. <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> Don't go crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me a, a little bit. Let's let's do this good plug, right? Right, right. So you're editing these two amazing magazines, right? And um, you get to draw from the cool stuff that's going on in Fargo. Mm-hmm. So if people want to find out what you're doing, what you're working on, or if they've got a suggestion mm-hmm. for something that could be, do you accept suggestions? Like oh, if someone yeah. knows we something love, cool? I love suggestions. Cause you know, there's only so much that I can discover, you know, on my own walking through a town, but there's so many times where we've had people email us and be like, Hey, I know this thing going on. I'm like, amazing. Let's cover it. Like, I think a lot of there's, no, um, I don't want to say that, but there's a, there's not a lot of times where we're like, nope, that's not a good feature. Like, if someone has something cool going on and lets us know, like, it's probably worth us. You probably get some people who are self-serving, right? Like, you should profile my business because not it's a really. business. Really? Honestly, Fargo is one of the most humble places I've lived. Oh yeah, we do not like to talk no. about ourselves. I'll be, I'll reach out to people and be like, "Hey, like, love what you're doing. Like, I'd love to do a feature." And you're like, "Oh, no, let's 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 not make it about me." Oh, yeah. I'm like, "No, you're doing really cool stuff. Let me like showcase it." And people are just so like shy and humble about like really cool stuff that they're doing. And um, so yeah, hopefully we can let people brag about themselves a little more with my with my job. Is I like to let people 
Brag, yeah. You know, my daytime job is I'm on the radio, and I mm-hmm. tell people this every day. I am doing three hours of radio every single day. If you think that I'm always going to know what to fill that time with, you're, you know, you're barking up the wrong tree. Right. I am constantly asking people like, well, tell me the last conversation you had at dinner or where was the last place you went that you thought had a metropolitan vibe to it? Right. And so I let, I let my friends, family, and then sphere of influence really help mold what's going to go on there. And sometimes people are like, oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we had a pretty good conversation at dinner, but you, you, you wouldn't be interested. It's not, it's nothing exciting. It's like, I asked, I am interested. Yeah. yeah. Be like, <laughs> be like, just tell me, Uncle yeah. Chuck, just get, uh, get it over Chuck. with. Just tell Oof. me. Yeah. Um, so as we wrap this thing up, let's tell people Where how they can, can find you on the internets. Right. All right. So we have FargoMonthly.com. We post all of our pieces, uh, designandliving.com as well. And then also, um, our publications are all free, and they're in most every grocery store, liquor store, establishment around town. Um, you can really find them almost anywhere. So next time you see one, I'd love for you to pick it up. Also, if you're not going to the websites, I feel like there's great content in the print magazine, mm-hmm. but then the website is an experience in itself. Yeah, we have a lot of extended versions of pieces. Like sometimes we do interviews with, you know, local acts or not local acts that are coming into town for a concert or whatever. And we'll have this great interview. And, you know, there's only a certain amount of space we have in a printed magazine. And so we'll put like the extended version of the interview online or we'll have web exclusives for stuff that, um, you know, when you're working with a print schedule. Sometimes it's hard to like, okay, well, there's an event happening next week that I want to cover. Well, the magazine won't be out next week. So we do web exclusives for that as well. So some yeah. pretty great calendars too. Yes. The like event, event calendar, calendars. the drink specials, and then a live music calendar where you can see local music all around town. Must be fun to curate all that stuff, huh? Yeah. Do people come up and ask you all the time? Like Alexandra, uh, what's the cool thing to do tonight? Yeah. Oh my, yeah. No, my fiance does that a lot. He's like, what's going, you should know. And I'm like, I look at a lot of stuff every day. Like, I don't know where Tripwire's playing tonight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know where Tripwire's playing, uh, previous guest Brent Brandt is their number one fan of all time. All right. And then previous, previous guest Britta Nelson has mm-hmm. a Tripwire tattoo on her oh. ankle. And you can see where they're playing at Fargo Monthly's live music calendar. Look at that. It's yeah. all one circle. It's all happening together. Yep. I love it. Uh, Alexandra, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Yeah, thank you and, for having uh, me. And I hope to have you back soon, and I won't be wearing a sweater vest with an oatmeal-colored shirt underneath next time. I'll put more effort into myself. <laughs> I, I can help you out if you need some. Sold. Yeah. yeah. See you at the mall. A huge thanks to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty for sponsoring this podcast. Folks, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, contact Natalie Deutsch today because Natalie Deutsch is not only a previous podcast guest, she's somebody who's going to care enough to sell your property for top dollar. She's also going to find you the best price possible if you're purchasing a new home. Last year on average, Natalie earned her clients $4,000 over list price on their homes and sold them faster than the market average. On average, Natalie's selling a home every 3.74 days. That's two homes a week. Those numbers don't lie. Find out why Natalie is one of the top agents in this entire market. 
Get a hold of her today, Natalie at HatchRealityFM.com. You can also call 701-388-9338 or go on to LiveFargoMoorhead.com. That's LiveFargoMoorhead.com. Read all of her amazing reviews and then listen to her episode of JJ Meets World. Thanks again to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode of JJ Meets World and would like to help us continue to produce two new episodes every week, you can donate to our Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash JJ Meets World and donate today. Even as little as a dollar a month can go a long way. Visit our website at www.jjmeetsworld.com or hit up our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the sites the kids are using these days. If you'd like to stay up to date on new episodes of JJ Meets World, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love. JJ Meets World is produced every week by Tucker Lucas. You can find out more about Tucker's work by checking out www.moonbasemaria.com. If you want to get in touch with your host with the most, go to linebenders.com, and you can find direct contact info for JJ. I did rob that school.